So let's get serious now and start in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, first and foremost, we're so thankful to be here. Thankful for the healthy ones. Thank you that you got us up this morning and that we are able to worship you like this. Lord, as I mentioned, it is the most important meeting that we don't want to miss. Because what you've done for us, Lord, our salvation is enough to praise you forever. Lord, I, I just pray now for all the people that are not here today, whether they're sick, they're traveling, they're ill, they're hurting, be with them. Lord, I know their hearts wants to be here. So please bless them, heal them, comfort them at this time. And Lord, I pray, pray specially for this message. Don't let me get in your way. I'm taking a back seat. Lord, take over my voice, my words. I want you to be up here, not me. Lord, let me be reminded that this is not a soapbox. This is a pulpit. Your word, it's not my word. So we just pray that it would be a blessing, that it would change hearts today after we leave this place. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tiger Woods, Lance Armstrong, Martha Stewart, Will Smith. Many have looked up to these people, but what do these famous celebrities have in common? They all have something in their past that they wish they could erase. Everyone has something, right? A past that they wish they can erase. Nobody is excluded. Even the great man and woman of God in the Bible were not exempt. Paul, Peter, David, Joseph, and Job, just to name a few. Paul, back then he was Saul, when he had God's people executed and arrested. Peter, denying the one and only Jesus Christ. David, with Bathsheba, and having her husband Uriah killed in battle. Joseph and his horrible relationship with his abusive family. Job, how his world turned upside down and lost everything in a short period of time. These great people of the Bible had every right to focus on their past and have it easily define them. But we all know how their stories end. Their past was only the beginning of God's plan for them. They had one thing in common. They had a faithful, faithful and powerful God. The same faithful and powerful God we serve today. God was bigger than their past. Forgetting their past and moving forward was key to their success. And that is today's title for this message. Forgetting the past and moving forward. This morning, we're going to take a look at three points. The what, the why, and the how. 
First point, the what. What is holding you back from moving forward? Well, first, we need to identify the problem. So we're going to take a very quick trip in our minds, in our hearts. You don't have to go anywhere. Stay seated. I need you to search your heart and mind in every room, every corner of it. And I want you to look deep, very deep. Maybe it's been pushed into your memory storage for quite some time. Maybe it's somewhere hidden because it's shameful, it's painful. But it's still there and you never genuinely let go of it. Or even maybe you've been trying to hide it, thinking that even God can't find it. Ever played that game with the Lord? Lord, I, I, I laid down everything for you. Uh, here it is, here it is. You, you told me to give it all to you. Uh, especially, it's, this one's a big one. Lord, the Lord says, what's, what's, what's that behind your back? What, what, what are you talking about? No, there's nothing there. No, no, look, look, look what's in front of you, Lord. I've given you most of everything. Alan, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, you mean this? This? Oh, no, Lord, don't worry about this. This is a small something. Look at what's in front of you. Everything's, I just laid it all out. This is a small something. I want to keep it, I want to keep it for keepsake. It, I, I can handle this. Don't worry about this. Just focus on those ones. Those are the ones I want you to take care of. Ever done that before? Won't you, that's what I want to take out today. What's in here? Was it choices that we wish that we can redo again? Maybe words we should have not said to that person? An action we wish we could take back? Perhaps an opportunity we missed? A mistake we want to correct? A trauma or an accident that we wish never happened? Maybe you hurt someone badly, emotionally, physically, mentally, or perhaps someone hurt you mentally, emotionally, physically. Or maybe it's a past sin that's been forgiven but still haunts you to this day. Whatever it is, they are all behind you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to change it because it's simply in the past. It already happened. There's no way to go back and alter it. We can ask ourselves the what-ifs, the, the I wish, but nothing will still change it. We're just wasting precious future time. We're stuck in this rut wishing it was different. And that's where the devil wants us to stay. Satan, Satan wants to keep pushing the rewind button, but the Lord wants us to keep moving forward. You know it's a waste of time. You know it's unhealthy. You know it doesn't do you any good. But we keep going back and dwelling there. What's in here? Second point. Why, why do we need to forget the past and move forward. Well, to move forward, we must let go of the past first. You cannot hold on to both. 
It's impossible. It will be very difficult to see what's ahead of you if you keep looking back. Let's go to our first text, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. It says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, I've read this verse many times, but when I was studying this message, and I broke it down, and I slowed down my reading, I got more out of it. I, I thought I'd squeezed everything out of it. But there was so much in there. Let's break it down together. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It's two of the same thing. It's, he's saying something twice. Why do we say something twice? Because we want to make our point across. Maybe the other person is not listening the first time, so I'm going to say it the second time. And then it says, see, I am doing a new thing. That's an exclamation point. That means he's raising his voice. That means he's probably yelling. Why? Because he's trying to make another point. He wants you to get it. He wants us to get it. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What does that mean? It means God's making a way when there is no way. God's taking our impossible and making it possible. God's providing a way out, but you don't want to take it. God's giving a blessing and you don't even notice it. God's handing a miracle and you're missing it. Why? Because we're dwelling and spending a lot of time on this. We're getting so distracted by our past that we're missing the abundant life he intended us to have. This one is the biggest distraction Satan ever sent us. You know, in the automotive industry, there's a reason why the front windshield is way bigger than the rear view mirror. Ever ask yourself why that is? I think you know. Every driver knows that they need to look through the windshield and focus on what's ahead to get to your destination safely. If your focus is on your rear view mirror, you'll be in big trouble. Well, it's the same in our spiritual life. You know, my daughter, Sydney, is at that age now where I'm teaching her how to drive, I know, believe it or not. And there's this one instance where we're driving through Camino Tassara and she wanted to go to the, to the, merge to the right lane. And uh, as she was looking through the rear view mirror, uh, I, I, and there's a car, an SUV on our side. And I see ourselves inching our way closer to that lane unintentionally. I thought I was going to see Jesus that day. <laughs> right? But when my soul went back in my body, <laughs> I, I was able to say, honey, honey, watch out, watch out, pay attention, honey. You're veering. You're going to somebody else's lane. Get back on track. 
And we were, and she was able to. And she said, Daddy, I'm I'm so sorry. I I didn't notice that SUV. How can you not? It's a big black SUV in, in the middle of the midday. How can you not see it? Sorry, Daddy, I, I, I wasn't paying. I, I, I didn't even know I was veering to the right. I was too distracted by the rearview mirror. Do you see my point? Do you get my point? Do you know what else dwelling in the past does? The past robs you of your joy. It does. It's like allowing a robber to enter your home and live there free of rent. So why would you allow past thoughts that steal your joy to enter and live inside your mind? Don't let them. They have no business being there. You know what happens when you let go of what's in here? And you leave it to the Lord? The blessings start pouring. Not just trickling, but gushing. I'm a proof of that. The Lord's been wanting you to let go of this one thing, whatever it is, and he's been waiting to give you a big blessing. As a matter of fact, he has a warehouse full of blessings, stacks and stacks of pallets. You know, have you seen the Costco warehouse? They have stacks and stacks. That's how much blessings we have. That's unaccounted for that's unclaimed by us. But Lord, why didn't you tell me about those blessings? I would have given this up a long time ago if I, if I knew that. You know what he told me? Alan, honey, our relationship is not based on sight, but based on your faith on me. Believe first and you will see, not the other way around. Amen? Third point, third and last. This is the hardest one. How do we move on from the past? Well, first I I put in here, give your past to the Lord. Who do you think can better handle it, you or him? Give it to him and leave it in his hands permanently. No more trying to take it back. Because that's sometimes what we do, right? A few weeks go by, a few weeks or a few months after we give it to him, we try to take it back, thinking that we can fix it or handle it better this time around. Stop doing that. Next, we need to change our position and perspective. Let's turn to our next text in Philippians 3.13 to 14. It says, I do not, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's break it down again. Brothers and sisters, that's all of us. Nobody's exempt. This instruction is for everyone. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. What what does Paul mean by that? He said, I have not arrived yet. I have a long way to go. I have a lot of work to do. Then he goes to saying, but one thing I do. 
one. It's not a list of steps. It's not a series of what to do's. One. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. We're changing our position from looking back to looking what's in front of us. We're changing our focus from looking to ourselves, look, looking down to ourselves in our situation, looking to God, the author and perfect of our faith. Our perspective and goal will need to change from just surviving this life to living the life God intended us to have, just like what I mentioned. Some people are just surviving life. Let's go back to this. What's in here? Was it a big failure or mistake? Or even worse, a long and overdue unforgiven sin? Then go immediately to the Lord. Repent. And ask his forgiveness. Believe me if I tell you, the Lord has never turned anyone away. And he won't. He'll never. He is overflowing with mercy and grace which never runs out. He will restore your life in ways you never thought possible. Not only that, but he will use you someday for his glory. You know, there's this, uh, there's this song by Andrew Ripp. It's called For the Love of God. And one of the verses in there, it says, If it wasn't for my failures and mistakes, I would have never known the depths of his grace. Paul and David knew this. They both thought that being forgiven was already too much and way undeserving. But it was when the Lord used them that he, they found the amazing grace that he has. Was it a past sin that's been forgiven but still haunts you? I'll be the first one to admit this one's one of mine. I have this past that was forgiven a long time ago, but Satan still tries to remind me to this day. But thanks be to God that we can claim victory in this matter. The Lord told us that it's already been paid for in Calvary. That he already endured the guilt and the pain so that we don't have to that he already paid with his own blood to make sure of this. So that means Satan does not have the power to blame it on us anymore. Amen? Peter also knew this. After Peter was restored by Jesus, I'm sure there were bad days where Satan reminds him of what he did. Maybe, you know, he's, he was arguing with one of his buddies, his disciples, and you know, they said, oh, I wouldn't talk, Peter. I'm not the one who denied Jesus three times. Oof. That must get old. But you know what Peter did? He brushed it off and stayed busy serving full time and was sold out for Christ till he died. We need to stay busy for the Lord. 
Was it a wrong that was done to you? It hurts. Then it's time to forgive. I know it's easier said than done, but that's what the Lord tells us to do, to forgive. We must obey him on this matter. Forgiving someone does not let the other person off the hook or justify their actions. No. They still need to answer to God. But forgiving them means to you, you're releasing yourself from the prison of hatred and bitterness. Joseph knew this. Joseph had the power to get revenge. Remember that? He had the power. He was in the perfect place for it. But he chose forgiveness instead. With God's grace, he was able to relinquish the burden of pain he had been carrying for so many years. Was it a painful trauma from the past? I'm going to be honest with you and won't pretend that I know what you've been through. I don't. But I know what pain feels like. If you look at it in God's perspective, he has a purpose in your pain. He wants to teach us to put our faith fully in him alone, no one else. So as you continue to heal and with proper direction, you'll notice that you build muscles around that pain, that you become stronger in that area in your life. You'll also find that your relationship with Christ is closer than ever before. Why? Because you've continued to put your trust in him all this time unwaveringly. And that's the key, unwaveringly. That's what Christ wants. He allows things to happen to have a closer relationship with you, with me. Job knew this. He would have never experienced a closer relationship with the Lord if he hadn't gone through that hurt. And let me ask you, did the Lord jip him? Did Job get the short end of the stick? Absolutely not. He was blessed unimaginably and learned so much from it. Someone said that our past can be our teacher but cannot be our master. That means I can learn from my past, but it should not enslave me. It's our choice. What do you choose to be? A student or a victim of your past? God is still in the business of rebuilding, forgiving, and restoring lives today. It's open 24-7. There's no blackout dates. His expertise is picking up your broken pieces from our past and making it a masterpiece. A masterpiece. I don't get that. Jeremiah 29, 11. We know this verse very well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and what, what does it say? And not to harm you. He's not here to harm you. He's not here to do that. Plans to give you hope and a future. Nowhere in this verse mentions anything about our past. 
it's all in the future. In conclusion, I want to leave you with this last verse. 1 Corinthians 2.9. And this is the one I'm excited the most. I'm leaving the best one for last. What no eye has seen, nobody has seen this. What no ear has heard, nobody's talked about this. What no human mind has conceived, that means not, not any of you, not, no one in the world has conceived this. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? This is the hope we're looking forward to. This is the great reward that we've been waiting for. This is the prize that's awaiting us. This is why we need to press on. And this is why we need to go forward. Let's end in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that you left us so that we can have clear direction on what to do with our life in you. Lord, you've commanded us to keep moving forward and not look back anymore. I pray that some past will be left at your doorstep today. I pray for changed lives, a new perspective in life perhaps. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who really cares about our future. Help us not to get distracted and help us to stay close to you. In Jesus' name, amen.